1: Yes, President Bolsonaro uh, has fallen victim to coronavirus. Uh, he, he says he's fine, fine. It's just a little flu. He's pure man. He's all man. I mean that in the most pejorative sense. Uh, some great quotes uh, from him previously. 11th of March, uh, from what I've seen until now, there are other kinds of flu which have killed more people than that coronavirus one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 18th of March. Today we have information that because we have a more tropical climate in Brazil, we've almost reached the end of the pandemic. Or it's already over. The virus doesn't spread as fast in warm climates like ours. Uh, I think it's something like 1.7 million people currently uh, have it in Brazil. Uh, 20th of March. After being stabbed, (laughs) I'm not going to be brought down by a little flu. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Goes out not wearing a mask. Uh... He uh, he calls it the little flu. It's a little flu. It's just a little flu. It's a little flu. Um, kind of uh, exquisite that uh, what's happening to his lungs, <laughs> it's kind of like what he's been doing to the lungs of the planet. That's as close as I can get to a clever, now-show-esque finish. Bye! Hello. Oh. Hello, darling. You all right, baby? Yeah. I'm so sorry, but I've, I've kind of moved on from Joe Wicks. Is that bad? Like you. He was sweet in the first boyfriend kind of way with his handmade birthday cards, but. Like you. I'm all about Jamie Kincaid now. Spelt Jamie Kinkeed. Like you. She's this American woman and she does dancey workouts. And I can't walk now. She did me real good. She did me so good, oh baby, oh! Nice to see you. Uh, Yeah, last night on the couch, like it's a day and a half after attempting Jamie Kinkeed's 12 minute cardio workout with all the flashing lights and the the pumping tunes and stuff. She's really great. Uh, I I haven't been able to walk since, but she's really great. And it's just my calves. And uh, Kim kept, she was sort of very sweetly massaging them, but then realized that the more she poked, the more I went into some weird character as a sort of uh, lady of the night. Uh, in the sort of Jack the Ripper era <laughs> And I She'd poke it And I'll, I'll see if I can do it myself Hang on Let's poke Oh mister Yeah no he doesn't Yeah mister No here yeah. Oh I should I should as like Charge you half a crown For what you're doing mister Oh <laughs> Don't know why There's nothing okay about that Is there Professor Christine Nickel, She talks to the animals Or rather gets the animals to talk I'm excited because I've got some more of uh, Professor Christine Nickel for you. Uh, she's the Professor of Animal Welfare from the Royal Veterinary College at uh, the University of London. Uh, we heard from her last week. She was talking a lot about chickens. Uh, she's talking a bit about cows. Uh, very interesting animals, turns out, guys. Anyway, here she is. So this time, um, let's talk about... Uh, I guess we're talking about... Uh, the way animals evaluate things. You know, is this a trough half full kind of cow or a trough half empty? Do do animals have those kind of outlooks on life?
0: Yeah, they, they absolutely do. And this has been an area where research has just taken off in the last sort of decade, I'd say. It was something that no one really had thought about that much um, until about 10 years ago. And I do have to credit, you know, some colleagues at the University of Bristol, Mike Mendel and and Liz Paul, who really came up with this insight from looking at humans and noticing or knowing from the psychological literature that humans in perhaps experiencing states such as depression or anxiety really show a range of biases in their cognition. So they remember negative events more than they remember positive events they pay attention to current threats perhaps more than current opportunities and also if a situation is a little bit ambiguous they tend to judge it a little bit more negatively as well and so mike and liz realized that this may apply to animals and there's been this upsurge in research looking at these biases in animals in different sort of conditions so one example that i can give you is some work that's been done on calves on dairy calves and dairy calves are uh, usually separated from their mothers within a day or so of Mm -hmm. of birth very unlike the natural situation where a mother would take a lot of care of her calf Mm. how long how long would a calf stay mm, with a cow oh for months and the um the mother and a female calf may have a relationship that continues for some years in a feral herd or a mm. natural-type herd. So it's not necessarily a bond that would ever be completely severed. Right. But, um, yeah, so that so the calves are obviously taken away from the mothers. And then, then though, to compound the, the whole welfare question that's raised by that, the mm. calves are often kept individually at least um, until they're about eight weeks old and that's very unnatural too because calves normally would be spending a lot of time in a group with other calves as well as with their mothers so they'd be playing and interacting Hmm. and so the question there is well that sounds like a situation that might might well make an animal feel rather depressed or anxious but rather than measuring depression or anxiety in a calf can we look for any of these biases that I've just talked about, does a calf that's living by itself perceive the world with a more negative filter? Mm. And so again, this is not directly talking about my work, it's more, there's just this very interesting work going on in the animal welfare field. And the answer there is yes, that the calves that are kept individually show negative biases and negative judgments. Um, in particular, if they're they're trained, for example, that they can get food by going to one position in a room and no food if they go to a different position, Mm. the question is what happens at the intermediate position? So suddenly there's the possibility of food somewhere in the middle, in between the two places. Now, an optimistic animal will go, well, it's in the middle. Um, Quite a good chance, I'll head off there. Whereas a pessimistic animal would be, Well, I don't know. Um, It's in the middle. It's probably not going to be anything there. So literally the glass half full, glass half empty idea. Right
1: Right at the halfway point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right at the halfway point. And the individually housed calves, something like only 10 percent of them will head off to that intermediate position with any hope that there might be food. Whereas of the calves that are kept together, even with just one other calf, so they're housed together as pairs, mm. 40 to 50 percent of them will make a more optimistic judgment in that situation. So it, it, so it is showing that these things that we do as part of normal husbandry can have quite profound effects on the way that animals see the world, really.
1: Mm. I'm, I'm always kind of interested in uh, i i saw a field full of cows in march and i'm i'm always fascinated by how inquisitive they seem and i don't know if that's just my you know are they just looking at me and going human that means food is there food can i get food may i have some food please you know i don't know if they're doing that or if they are genuinely curious animals
0: I think they're genuinely very curious animals, particularly socially curious, so they may not be, um, you know, intellectually curious, No. <laughs> but they're, they're socially very curious. Um, same would uh, apply if a, a fox runs across the field or a new type of creature appears. Mm. Um, they want to go and have a look. They're very, very curious and very important for them to get that sort of information are you a predator are you Mm. friendly um i don't think it's just a conditioned response that they go human associated with food in some sort of pavlovian way no i think they're probably genuinely very interested in you jake
1: (laughs) well i you know i have a very interesting smell um (laughs) and i mean in terms of animal i'm staying with cows as a sort of social group and I know last time we talked about chickens, and um, you sort of said, "Well, no, there's no optimal social group for them. They they're very adaptable." Is there a sort of with cows? Are there like social hierarchies? Are there you know? Do they do they interact? I read something somewhere that says that you know cows make friends yeah.
2: with other cows. They, they have.
0: They do. Um, they do have preferred companions. They do have um, some sort of relationships that you could describe as hierarchical or, you know, with dominant structures. So there are some cows that would, if, if there was a hay feeder and the hay was a bit restricted, that some cows would always and consistently get first access to to that, but that in no way describes the richness of the social interactions. It would be a real mistake to think that a cow's social life is organized just in some sort of simple hierarchy. Mm. Apart from those dominance type relationships, there are friendships. There are um, also leader follower um, relationships. So some cows take a more leadership role. So it'll be a particular cow that decides that now's a good time to lie down. And then other cows will lie down, um, following that one. Um, and there are even um, there's even some sort of evidence that um, the less dominant, um, young, usually the younger females um, can pair up and form quite close pair relationships with each other as well. So friendships seem even more important for the younger um, animals in the group. So it's far from being a sort of random Mm. distribution of black and white patterns in a field. um, There's a lot going on, yeah.
1: Although they are quite often black and white cows.
0: They are quite often black and white. (laughs) They do show um, what has been called eureka moments, where when they learn to do something new, they get very excited and pleased with themselves. So... (laughs)
1: <laughs> Murica,
0: Murica. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, I would never have thought of that. Well, yes, you can right. you can take that
1: back <laughs> to the academic world <laughs> and enjoy it. Yeah,
0: brilliant. I, I like that. I like that idea that you've had a cow that's been trying to solve a puzzle for a while. You know, how do I open this gate? How yeah. do I open this gate? And it finally works it out, and then it goes way.
1: <laughs> I'm always fascinated by the idea of can you. Can you measure happiness in an animal? You know, can can you say there is a happy animal? And you know, you say you there are these eureka moments and stuff. And I always sort of feel like when when you see uh, you know perhaps a a you with a a lamb or two on a sunny day, kind of sitting in a field, just kind of enjoying the sunshine. And to me, yeah. that looks like a happy animal. But it, uh, you know, I'm always wary of saying something like that because you know it doesn't fit into it's not demonstrable but you think well, you, you think there are sort of signs that you can
0: yeah i mean i think that you know we can be too cautious and sort of you know i think it's just as much of a mistake to deny an animal um, the possibility of some of these emotions. I think we have to be very very careful about some of the language that, that we use and I, I don't see any real reason in um not thinking about happiness or I suppose the scientists would call it positive welfare. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we can measure it. And your example of a sheep um, in the sun lying down with uh, perhaps her two lambs close by. Well, what's that telling us when we look at it? It's telling us that there's no immediate threat because she's not up and running and panting and running away from something. She's not shivering. She's not huddled. She doesn't look like she's diseased. So the negative signs are not there. And in a way, she's got that possibility to engage in what we would call the more luxury-type behaviours. So when I see a chicken dust-bathing mm. in the sun, I see exactly the same thing. A chicken that's feeling very stressed or is ill won't show this dust-bathing behaviour. Mm. And a sheep that's really not feeling very well or um, is very, very hungry will be trying to find the last little scrap of food. If you have those basic resources and those basic needs met, a bit like, I think, Maslow's hierarchy of needs for humans, your basic things have been met, well, then you have the time to start indulging in the things that are more interesting, less pressing, but still enjoyable. So I think when we see the animals spending time on these less immediate needs, I think it's a pretty good indication of positive welfare, and why not call it happiness?
1: That's lovely. I love that. And we will have more from the incredible Professor Christine Nickel next week.
2: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig.
3: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Uh, things I've been thinking about lately uh, that we could do on the podcast. Uh, I, I think I might bring in my cousin, uh, David. Uh, Davey. Hey, Dave. It's called Dave. All right uh we've all moved on from when we were seven some of us uh and uh he's got an amazing collection of weird audio uh and i think it might be fun to uh get him to share some of it with us what do you think are you down with that <laughs> excuse me um I, I ate toast very badly this morning it was not very accomplished eating uh anyway i might get him on at some point soon uh there's so many things i need to sort out but i've actually written a schedule now and i think that's probably going to help Well, it's been a while since we've uh, done one of these. Uh, I'm going to try and do one on Friday with someone. Can't say who. Because I haven't worked it out yet. Anyway, uh, Joel's been in touch to share his game save. Game save. Joel says, hi, Jake. Uh, I loved Pablo's game save. And uh, while I'm pretty sure you don't want this to be Simon Bates' (laughs) R-Tune, I mean... It's quite the franchise i'm happy to add to it not least as a tribute to the game that's got me through a tricky few months uh, my wife was diagnosed with major badness at the back end of last year yeah that was yeah uh, and after the shock subsided and treatment began i found myself getting fully immersed in red dead redemption 2 as the most wonderful escape i could have hoped for yeah i've i mean i haven't played red dead redemption 2 but i've heard it is extraordinary and sort of quite slow-moving, which I like. Uh, Joel says, I've played a lot of games since my Amstrad CPC464 obsession in the mid-80s. Oh, wow. And then Nintendo in the 90s, but little has come close to the story of Arthur Morgan. I'm not especially interested in the Old West, and I can't abide horses. (laughs) But late-night romps around the enormous prairies, forests, and deserts have been escapism in the purest sense. I heard you have to do, like, horrible things in it, like butchering animals and stuff can you not do that because i really want to play it Uh, also with my wife so often exhausted and going to bed early hey yeah lots of love to your wife Uh, i actually had more time to play it as i'm not allowed to play in the daytime because we long ago convinced the children that the ps4 is a dvd player (laughs) i wish i'd thought of that what I love about it is that it's not all shootouts. Ah, OK, good. Although they are great fun. There's a funny, heartwarming and moral tale running through it. And plenty of things like hunting and herb gathering to do whenever you want. I'll gather the herbs. OK. Uh, I've not been one for digital wallpaper, but I could happily look at the scenery like other people watch Zenimations on Disney+. Plus. Well, yes, some of us do, if you haven't seen those. <gasps> They're lovely things. Just short little compilations of beautiful shots with no dialogue, no music, nothing. Just kind of ambient sound. It's gorgeous. Do check them out if you've got Disney+. Plus. Joel says, with its community feel, this is Red Dead Redemption 2, including strong female characters as well as superb writing and humour. I now see it has parallels with the podcast. <laughs> I've loved it, even playing after I'd completed it. That's the test, isn't it? When you just want to go back in that world. Over this time, I've not played any other game at all. And now, with my wife's treatment going well and things looking up... Ah, oh, last week, I deleted the game and all my saves. I had to make room for my next game. And my thumb hovered for a while over the X button before I confirmed the deletion. If I have a spare year in the future, I can always do it again. All the best, Joel. Joel, that's a really amazing story. I love that. Um, And that's absolutely kind of the epitome of it. It's... it's it, it gives you a certain place to go to, to get you through a certain period of time. And it may well be that you just, you never want to go back there. It was just there and it served that purpose. Uh, and I'm so glad that uh, your wife's doing well. And uh, obviously we send all of our love to both of you. Uh, and your children and their DVD player in the corner. <laughs> you yes, that's brilliant uh that's it for the podcast for today uh, i do hope you enjoyed it uh we will have more stuff of course uh, across the week i mean i'll say this now i mean have you subscribed or you know or do you, are you still waiting for me to do that pathetic tweet at like a quarter to one in the afternoon um you you could and you could share the podcast too if you enjoy it um it would be really great to uh just kind of pass it around a us uh, you know just like uh, me and that let me just press my calf again oh mister no come on now oh no i should oh i'll go and get my friend mary for you if you like she'll hitch your petticoats anyway i'm sorry i don't know what that's all about i will see you tomorrow lots of love bye this has been a swanburst media production